COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease include fever, cough, and sharpness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you're experiencing these symptoms and have come in contact with or in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the I Am Cannabis Sativa podcast. I'm your host, Dan Scotland. If you're currently a medical marijuana patient and want to tell your story and be featured on the podcast, feel free to email me at IamCannabisSativa at gmail.com. Feel free to hit me up on Instagram at IamCannabisSativa, both S's. Feel free to check out our official Twitter account at IC sativa pod you can find and subscribe to our podcast on spotify itunes anchor.fm overcast radio republic TuneIn, stitcher iHeartRadio, and the google play music store please rate and review us on itunes as rating and reviewing us will bump up the pod on their algorithm and put this podcast in front of even more eyeballs if you like what we are doing please become a patreon supporter of the podcast and support us supporting us helps Helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. And you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor.fm slash I am cannabis sativa podcast slash support. You can also support me now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash IC sativa podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have $5 and above tiers if you're feeling extra generous. And a special thanks goes out to our current Patreons and supporters. Shout out to our friends of the show, Reefer Revolution, for supporting the podcast. Shout out also to Joey One Love 420, also a friend of the show and contributor of, of the show uh, and founder and frontman of Keystone State Reviews. Becoming a Patreon or financially supporting us through Anchor, Patreon, PayPal gets you perks like early episodes, exclusives, and shout outs at the beginning of every episode. And without further ado, let's get to the episode. Howdy y'all, Dan Scotland here, joining you from Legal Grass, Massachusetts, the heartland of America. So for today's episode, we're going to try this again. I think this is like our second or third time trying this. Um, so we're going to go into the next of our series, Reasons for Legalizing. Um, so this time around, we're going to be talking about why, um, let's say if you're a, you are a conservative or you're someone who cares about balancing budgets, for example, um, they found in many states that have legalized medically that people, um, people substitute the prescriptions that they were taking for cannabis. So, um, this effect likely extends to adult use because, um, people, um, like we talked about in episode two of the series, people often, they don't, they may qualify to get a card in, in their respective state before a state legalizes, but because they don't want to give up their Second Amendment rights, for example, they may wait till a state does adult use to buy um, off the rolls so they don't have to be on that government list and give up firearm rights. So you have a lot of people that try that. And um, um, 
so people treat adult use in the adult dispensaries as as medical dispensaries a lot of the time it's just unenrolled or you know undocumented patients like i again give me give dan scotland the credit for that term that's all i ask but that that tends to happen a lot um especially in states that have legalized and um there are plenty of people that use for the same medical reasons that I use, but again, they just get off their gal or their guy or their friend that grows their own or their plug or connect or whatever, their caregiver. You know, plenty of people are like that. Um, and let's say you are someone who who's a social liberal but fiscal conservative. Um, again, I have people from four, 49 U.S. states plus Puerto Rico and Guam, and then I have over 50 different countries. So I'm sure I have some conservatives that listen. Um, with the with COVID-19 devastating a lot of state budgets um, and, and states being constrained in having to balance said budgets and not having the resources that, a, that, that the Treasury has and that the federal government has to print out money, um, you know, being being having the state balance as books is all the more important and um medical marijuana has has allowed people to use a natural substance whether they're they're going to medical dispensaries or whether they're adult use people treating illnesses through the adult use market um they're using less pills in the uh, in state medicare programs so um let's look at this npr article about that and um as always i can be found anywhere you find podcasts itunes Castbox, uh google play store stitcher iHeartRadio, other platforms like it on twitter at ic sativa pod on instagram i am cannabis sativa all right let's try this again and hope my computer does not freak out next this time around so all right bear with me one moment Okay. All right. So we're going to try something a little different and hope that we're good. I'm going to shrink this a bit. All right. No, no problems right now, but I'm going to be on a lookout because it was freezing and locking up before. Um, all right. So after medical marijuana is legalized, Medicare prescriptions drop for many drugs. Prescription drug prices continue to climb, putting the pinch on consumers. Some older Americans appear to be seeking an alternative to mainstream medicines that have become easier to get legally in many parts of the country. Research published Wednesday found that states that legalize medical marijuana, which is sometimes recommended for symptoms like chronic pain, anxiety, and depression, saw declines in the number of Medicare prescriptions for drugs used to treat those conditions and a dip in spending by Medicare Part D, which covers the cost of prescription medications. Because the prescription drugs like opioid painkillers and antidepressants are associated with Medicare spending on those drugs, fell in states where marijuana could feasibly be used as a replacement. The researchers said it appears that legalization led to a drop in prescriptions. The point they said strengthened because prescriptions didn't drop for medicines such as blood thinners, which medical marijuana is an alternative. But again, if you're in an adult use market, 
Um, people are buying for a vast variety of conditions, even conditions that weren't on that state's initial um, sick list or tyranny list, like friends of the show Reefer Revolution would say. But um, for adult use, people are buying for any and every reason that that, that person over 21 sees fit. So with adult use, people that, that, that are... Um, using prescriptions for um, blood thinners or whatever, perhaps they're using marijuana or CBD in, in, in lieu of doing that. Um, you know, um, because medical, they may, they may not be, they may, it may not be on that sick list for conditions like that. But if, when adult use opens it up to everyone over 21, regardless of condition, then perhaps you are having people that, that use those prescriptions that are, um, substituting it for marijuana. So let's continue. The study, which appears in Health Affairs, examined data for Medicare Part D from 2010 to 2013. It is the first study to examine whether legalization of marijuana changes doctors' clinical practices, whether it could curb public health costs. The findings add context to the debate as more lawmakers express interest in medical marijuana. This year, Ohio and Pennsylvania passed laws allowing for the drug for therapeutic purpose, making it legal in 25 states plus Washington, D.C. The approach could come to a vote in Florida. Again, this article is four years old. Um, Florida has over 300,000 patients. Ohio um, has, I believe, over 40 dispensaries, but they're they're not nearly enough. They're capped statewide, and um, people are, are still paying. People are paying, like, like I, I looked at their website for, like, less for less than an eighth, it was still, like, 50-something dollars. So, I, I think they're still selling tenths like they were selling before. I think their market's still kind of out of whack. Pennsylvania, um, they have they have a huge amount of patients already. They have over 100,000. But the, but as we've talked with friend of the show, Joey Onelove of Keystone State, there's, there's a lot of flower shortages. They don't have enough growers. They don't have enough processors to meet the demand. But um, all these programs are fully fledged um, that, that were described, and it, 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 it already came for a vote um, in Missouri two years ago, which the patient rolls, I, I think they already have 40,000, 50,000 patients so far. Um, you know, people are already growing their own. People are, are waiting for the dispensaries to come, which should come momentarily, I've, I've been hearing. Um, but... Let's, let's continue. This year, Ohio and Pennsylvania passed laws allowing the drug for therapeutic purposes, making it legal in 25 states versus Washington, D.C. The approach could come also could also come to a vote in Florida and Missouri this November. A federal agency is considering reclassifying medical marijuana under national drug policy to make it more readily available. Medical marijuana saved Medicare about 165 million in 2013 the researchers concluded they estimated that if medical marijuana were available nationwide medicare part d spending would have declined in the same year by 470 million dollars that's about half a percent of the program's total expenditures but this is admittingly small proportion of the multi-billion dollar program 
but the figure is nothing to sneeze at. As W. David Bradford, a professor of public policy at the University of Georgia and one of the study's authors, we wouldn't say that saving money is the reason to adopt this, but should be part of the discussion, he added. We think it's a pretty good indirect evidence that people are using this as medication and even more will be using this as medication when Arizona, Montana, New Jersey, and South Dakota legalize um, for all adults over 21. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how all those ones fold in the coming when, when, when we all vote on in November 3rd. That's all the more important reason why we got to say yes, no matter where we live. The researchers found that in states with medical marijuana laws on the books, the number of prescriptions drop for drugs to treat anxiety, depression, and nausea, pain, psychosis, seizures, sleep disorders, and spasticity. Those are all conditions for which marijuana is sometimes recommended. The study's authors are separately investigating the effect of medical marijuana could have on prescriptions covered by Medicaid, the federal state health insurance program for low-income people. Though... Though this research is still being finalized, they found a greater drop in prescription drug pay payments there, Bradford said. If the trend bears out, it could have other public health ramifications. Excuse me. In states that have legalized medical use of marijuana, painkiller prescriptions dropped, on average, the study found, by about 1,800 daily dosages filled each year per doctor. That tracks with other research on the subject. Marijuana is unlike other drugs such as opioids, overdoses of which can be fatal. Deepak D'Souza, a professor of psychiatry at the Yale School of Medicine, who has researched marijuana. This doesn't happen with marijuana, he said, but the whole other side effects and safety issues we need to be aware of. Study author Bradford agreed, just because it's not as dangerous as some other dangerous things doesn't mean you necessarily want to promote it. There are a lot of unanswered questions. Because the federal government classifies marijuana as a Schedule One drug, doctors can't technically prescribe it. In the states that have legalized medical marijuana, they can only write patients a note sending them to a dispensary. Insurance plans. Insurance plans don't cover it, so patients are using marijuana who are using marijuana pay out of pocket. Prices vary in location, but a patient's recommended regimen can cost as much as four hundred dollars a month. The drug enforcement agency is considering changing that classification. A decision that is expected sometime this summer. If the DEA makes marijuana a Schedule II drug, the move would put it in company of, of drugs such as morphine and oxycodone, which make it easier for doctors to prescribe and likely that insurance would cover it. To some, the idea of medical marijuana triggers cost savings is hollow. Instead, they say it as cost stiffing. Even if Medicare may be saving money, medical marijuana does not come free. I have some trouble with the idea that it's a source of savings. Still, Bradford maintains that if me if medical marijuana became a regular part of a patient of patient care nationally, the cost curve would bend because marijuana is cheaper than other drugs. Lester Grinspoon, rest in power, um, 
we, we lost that legend earlier this year. An associate professor emeritus of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School who has written two books on the subject echoed that as a possibility. Unlike what many drugs, he argued, there's a limit to how high a price cannabis can be sold as a medicine. He isn't associated with the study. In the midst of the debate about its economics, medical marijuana still triggers some questions within the practice of medicine. As, psych- as physicians, we, use, we are used to prescribing a dose. We do not have information about what is a good dose of treatment for, say, pain, D'Souza said. Do you say take two hits and call me in the morning? I've got no idea. Kaiser Health News is a national public news service that is part of the nonpartisan Henry J. Kaiser Family Foundation. And um, the article, who wrote the article? Hmm. All right. But yeah, that was from NPR. Um, I had to to put it on this because um, their website had like a bajillion videos, as you saw before, and it was crashing my poor um, little laptop. So, um, yeah, I mean, for the fiscal conservatives out there, for the people that, you know, that are right wing on, you know, sort of spending this would be a pretty good argument for for fiscal responsibility. Um, if people are using less Medicare drugs, if people are lo- using less Medicaid drugs, then um, it's saving the state lots of cash. And with COVID nineteen decimating budgets like it it has been doing, um, this this will be needed depending on the state, um, depending on on what the state how that how that individual state was doing pre COVID, then how they've had to spend and how they've had to adjust for this pandemic, and what their state what their state budget rolls look like now, um, it's really going to depend on where that state is at the moment and 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 what COVID has done to them. Again, I don't want to keep this episode too long. I think I've covered most of what I want to cover um, in terms of this being fiscally responsible. Um, I mean, I think this basically speaks for itself. And when you have adult use, any person can get it over the counter if they're over 21 with, with, with proper ID. Um, so as always, I'm, I can be found anywhere you find podcasts, such as iTunes, CastBox, Podcast Addict, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeart, other platforms like it. I'd be found anywhere you find podcasts like, like those platforms. You can find me on Instagram at I am Canvas Sativa, on Twitter at IC Sativa Pod, and you can become a Patreon for just $1 a month. And you can go to bit.ly slash 2NJMSHN. And you can go to discord.gg slash 65TG2NR to join our ever expanding Discord. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao. If you find yourself coming around often to my podcast and want to support our humble little project, there are quite a few ways you could do so. Supporting us helps us keep the lights on, pay rent, pay for hosting, equipment, and travel. You can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast slash support you can also support me now on patreon at www 
www.patreon.com slash podcast. You can support the podcast for as little as $1 a month. We also have a $5 and above tier if you are feeling extra generous. Additionally, if you wish to get in contact with us, you can leave a voice message on Anchor and you can do this by going to https colon slash slash anchor dot fm slash i am canvas sativa podcast and click the send voice message button and i may just play it on a future episode you can also call and leave a voice message at 617-466-9389 and i may just play it on a future episode feel free to join the ever expanding i am canvas sativa podcast planet on discord we've yes we've got a discord channel and that discord channel can be found at https colon slash slash discord dot gg greg greg slash 65TG2NR. Again, that is HTTPS colon slash slash discord dot GG slash 65TG2NR. Feel free to check out Sequoia Organics for a great source of CBD and hemp based products. You can check them out by the link HTTPS colon slash BIT dot LY slash 33FKRV9. And you can enter the following coupon codes for extra discounts, such as Dog Treat 20, Tincture 20, 40% sign off ISO, 15% sign off CBD. And that applies to the entire store. And as always, everyone, stay medicated, my friends. Peace out and ciao.